My name is Felicia Danani. Hi, and I'm Shivani Malhotra. As two Indian women, one born in the U.S. and one born in India, and both of us from culturally charged backgrounds, we came into our marriages with the intention not to fail. But when we were faced with reality, we had to look inward. Our motive is to deconstruct generational cycles and conditioning around divorce. Divorce is not an ending, but a change in the relationship. It does not have to follow old stigmas. It can be whatever you want it to be based on your intention. This is our life guide to a conscious divorce. Welcome to the Lioness Pride podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Lioness Pride podcast. In episode one, we discussed what a conscious divorce was and how that looked like in both Felicia and my relationship. For us, it is based on mutual respect, support, and understanding because we both have a noble goal that's bigger than us, and that's our children. This process does take a lot of inner work and responsibility, and that can be tough, but it is worth it. So without further ado, let's get started. Hey, everyone. So welcome to episode two. And today we are going to learn that relationships are the greatest mirror for who we are and how we're yet to grow and heal. And when relationships end and change, the problem is never what we really, the problem is not what we think it is. And in the heat of the moment, I know even for myself, um, our natural inclination is to blame our partners. Like they, they did this and that, and this is why relationships ended. But in this episode, we're going to take a deeper look at uncovering what the real problem is. Now, this is going to get a little uncomfortable because this is going to be a look inward. And this is going to really be shedding some light on spaces that we may not have looked at before, but this is where the healing happens. So I wanted to share a quote with everyone today from Dr. Shafali, and it goes like this. We have been prescribed a delusion that marriage is predicated on the fact that someone is out there to meet your needs and expectations to keep happy. And when this repetition, this repetition becomes controlling of unhealed spaces and dependency, and it's conditional. So it's literally an idea of conditional love. And that if you don't meet my needs, I won't love you anymore. Now, again, this is a bit paraphrased. However, this concept that we have been sold this idea that love and marriage is about having someone else meet our needs and that if they don't check off the list of things that we want in our life and we want them to do, the marriage is failed and they are to blame for it. So we're going to take a dive into this. Shivani, 
Um, Hi. Hi. So I'd like to ask when you decided to first um, separate and you and Irfan made that decision, what was your first inclination in respect to why it ended? I know for me, friends were like, what happened? What was the issue? What were your initial thoughts of what you believed was the failure of the marriage? And then as you went through that process, how did things start to shift for you? Great question. You know, I remember um, telling close friends and family that basically it all boiled down to the feeling of not being loved. That was the end conclusion. And of course, I had a whole laundry list of reasons, right? Which was the <laughs> evidence. Right. And underlying this conclusion and the evidence were these unpleasant feelings that had built up over time from a million little things that had happened between us. I felt like I was a great wife. And so the second part of my conclusion was that he must be the problem for why I didn't feel so good. Right. And I think the day that I construed that thought that he was the problem was actually the problem. Because Mm -hmm. after that, anything he did was only used to strengthen this conclusion even more. And as you and I both know, Felicia, and we've come to discover, the power of our mind is phenomenal. What we focus on, the meaning we give it, it does become our reality, right? And I've seen that in my life now so many times that when I look back, I was like, wow, So that was the narrative, right? And I'm sure, you know, from the outside now, we can see the flaws, at least I can. I certainly didn't at the time. But when I finally woke up and I could see clearly, I was amazed. (laughs) I literally, it was mind-blowing, literally. I was amazed by how unfair some of the expectations I had of him were. I was amazed at how I didn't even know what love really meant. I was amazed that I lacked just simple tools and ways of communicating honestly and authentically. I was amazed that I expected him to know what my needs were and what my love language was without telling him. I mean, it sounds so ridiculous right now, even just saying it, you know? And in the end, I realized, and I don't think there was an exact moment that the bell went off. But it started happening, I think, the moment I realized that this was real, that, you know, we were not going to be together. And what we've, what we've been told or made to feel is that divorce is a failure. So I was feeling all those things. And I was like, damn, this sucks. You know? Yeah. And then I was like, okay, I need to kind of reflect a little bit more. Fine, it sucks, but what am I going to do with this? And how am I going to let this change me for the better? And whatever I, you know, I I discovered that whatever I felt the lack of, be it love, be it appreciation, being seen, all those things were just all the things that I was lacking from within me. So in a sense, the relationship was just a mirror into all the places in myself that needed love and healing And that only I could provide. So it's been, it's been 
Yeah, it's just been such an incredible journey. And I just wanted to say that it's not to say that suddenly I perceived him as perfect, right? By suddenly right. realizing that, hey, you know, I, I, I had a big part to play in this. I didn't suddenly perceive him as perfect, but I was just able to see both of us clearly with both of our shadows. And I could see how they operated within, within the relationship and led us to where we were. And with that realization, I immediately dropped the judgment. I immediately dropped the blame. And I could receive him then with the utmost compassion as a dear, dear soul. Someone who has had a really important part to play in my life in showing me how I needed to step up for myself. He played that part for me and I played my part for him. And I think we both used it as an opportunity to grow. So what I would just like to say is just, you know, just these small perspective shifts. When we stop resisting change and we can allow the change to change us, at least in my situation, I began to see the relationship and relationships in general through a very different lens than I did before. Not only relationships, but I also see life through a very different lens as well. Um, things happen for me now, not to me. Mm. And in every moment, I have a choice on how I perceive things and also on how I show up. The words I use, my behavior, my intention, that's all my responsibility. And that's what I'm bringing to the table to co-create anything with anybody at any given point in time, you know. So, yes, that's that my is, answer to your question. <laughs> that is so beautiful and powerful. I feel I feel empowered even listening to you talk about it, but yet very raw and heart-centered because I know that process isn't easy to get there. But when you do, that realization you talk about, those small shifts, um, it, it's like you, you, you see everything clearly. Absolutely. And I know you've been on a similar journey, Felicia, and I'm sure everyone listening would, would really get something to hear your journey as well and how you came to this realization that taking responsibility is the most important part of living an intentional and purpose-led life. Like this Sochcast? Tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, similar to you, um, for me, it was, you know, I, I blamed Andrew for a huge part of it. Um, you know, it was communication and, and we just didn't, we, we couldn't look at a situation and, and come to some, um, terms about it. So, and for a long time, um, you know, it was all of the things that he didn't do and didn't show me and, and I gave to the marriage and he didn't. And, um, I did. So the, for me, the journey then started, I'm someone who likes to read books. Um, you recommended a beautiful book to me, return to love. Um, so that book and, and several others really started to help me open my eyes to look at the relationship differently. And so what were the main problems that you, you had identified 
pre-divorce that, okay, these are the things, this is the reason why I'm going to do this. Um, to the reason to get a divorce or the right. reason like, I'm going to All the things these- you were holding against Andrew, like you mentioned, oh, communication. Or, yes, communication. Um, so there, you know, um, being from an Indian culture and he's not Indian, there was a lot of cultural differences. And so it was like, I was still subscribing to this belief system very strongly. Um, what I had been taught was right and wrong, what um, responsibilities looked like to the family. And so someone else who didn't subscribe to that stuff, um, who almost uh, put up a wall and said, you don't have to do that. You don't, if you don't want to do it and I don't want to do it. So I don't have to do that. I thought, well, if you're saying no to my family and and to these obligations, you're saying no to me, you're saying no Mm -hmm. to the marriage, which wasn't true, but I could not see that at the time. And that was a big thorn in our relationship because um, there were a lot of family expectations and, and unspoken rules that were there and and someone coming from a background that was like, I, I'm not going to live by someone else's set of rules and expectations. This is about you and me, not about them. Um, And for me, I was like, but it's a package deal, which was the lie I told myself. And right. So this was the, this is the cultural aspect that you're leaning on, which I think a lot of it was that there was a lot of that. And, but also subscribing to that belief system also made me, I I also felt entitled to certain things, right? The marriage should look like this. The marriage should feel like this. But again, those were all the the lack ofs that I had. Um, The, the lack of self-love that I had, the the lack of um, worthiness that I had, I had put on him to give me. Um, I had a lot of expectations and when they weren't met, I felt like that's him not giving to the marriage, but really it was me not giving to myself. Um, but until I could see that and, and put those pieces together, I almost, I had to be completely separated from it. I could not see it while I was in it. Um, I, I didn't have that capacity and I was so deeply entrenched. It wasn't until I had lost everything and had to sit within myself to look at, okay, what has been my part and my responsibility in this? Because the list I made for him was really long. Where is my, (laughs) right? um, Where was my part in it? And when I really sat with that truth, it was hard. It's hard to digest and it's hard to look in the mirror and say, I was at fault here. And there was a tremendous, that list was long when I started and that list continues to grow as I continue to grow, which also is hard (laughs) because I still uncover things and go, well, shit, there you go. I, I didn't see that. Those were things that were pointed out to me during the time of the marriage and I never saw it. And years later I go, okay. And like you, I think it was interesting because I could, there was a point when I started this realization, 
I could then look at him as, um, as a good father, as a good person, as, as a, as a soul and, and could respect him in that light. Now that's again, not to say that he didn't, um, he wasn't at fault either. He absolutely contributed, um, just as I did. But once I let go of the expectations of the marriage, because now we've decided to separate and get divorced. I also let go of the expectations of the divorce as well. I just sort of let it all go. And we honestly, and I know you and I joke about this, but it's like, once we, we did that, we created a bond and a relationship that you sort of wish we could have had before, but all of that pressure was there. So it is, I do believe that taking the responsibility and owning up to our own faults is hard as it is. And you sort of have to, yes, do the blame game and then sit with it, right? Get to the space, allow yourself to go through the process. But when you get there, you start to see things differently. Like you mentioned, you see the world differently. You see all relationships with a new light and the intention behind your words and actions become very powerful. And, and now I'm very cognizant of how I show up, not just in our relationship now, but in every relationship in, in that it is very intentional in how I say things and, um, and that, and, and also healing some of those spaces of my responsibility um, and, and all of those, those shadow points that I learned about myself and the lack of that I've had, it then said, here's your starting point. Now you know where to go. Mm-hmm. I think what you said is so on point there. You know, it's, it's only coming to that realization of um, who we are the 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 beautiful parts of ourselves but also the shadow and really embracing the shadow i think for a lot of us we tend to push away things that are uncomfortable and that we consider to be negative you know um but it's in that embracing of the shadow that we actually receive the opportunity to heal and to love ourselves that healing would not have happened. That healing would, we wouldn't have the opportunity or the realization, like you said, had we not seen the shadow, right? And that's the duality oh. of this world that we live in of light and dark. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and I, that's why I love your point there. I think that's so important that being embracing some of the shadow stuff that's not pretty, it's not, it's painful, it's ugly, it's, it's hard to look at yourself. And there doesn't, and that's the thing that comes back to this point about judgment, right? I think we judge other people when we haven't fully accepted ourselves and we're judging ourselves. And this process of sitting with your shadow, it's also a process of self-forgiveness, self-love and self-acceptance. Yes, yes, absolutely. And, you know, I think... Um, as women, a lot of times we believe, you know, we've got this perfectionist mentality. We want to be the perfect wives and perfect mothers and perfect daughters. And, and so that process can be especially difficult because we're also kind of breaking these molds of perfectionism. And um, I know for me, and, and, and also hearing it from the outside, right? You get 
feedback from the world around you that this is who you are. And you, when you have to kind of destroy that mold and go, who am I really? And who am I right now? And go, that's, I, I can evolve and change, but being able to sit with who am I now and where am I going? And, and then you get to take it from there. And that's really the beauty of the process. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I had mentioned, um, you know, the expectations of culture and, and we had talked a little bit about these falsehoods of marriage. Um, and I know you and I have uh, very interesting opinions on this, but I would love to hear, how do you believe that we have um, these expectations and falsehoods about marriage and how does that set us up for failure in society? Like this Sochcast? Tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store. You know, you touched upon this at the beginning that we are sold this idea that another person can make us happy and that we can go from despair to cloud nine because that special someone <laughs> entered our life. And, you know, that special someone is just another human being. And I love Marianne Williamson's book. You mentioned Return to Love. I love that book. And for those of you who haven't read it, I highly recommend it because she puts it so beautifully in her book. Um, You know, she calls romantic relationships the special relationship and says that the ego tells us there is someone special who will make us feel complete. She says a relationship born on that premise is a relationship born out of need. And on a deep level, even on an unconscious level, there's actually something we feel lacking in our own self that we're trying to fill this void, right? And she goes on to say the fact we don't feel complete is because we have lost our connection to our own selves, to source energy, to our very nature, which is love. And we are trying to find our way back there, but we're looking in all the wrong places. We are love. We are whole. It is here inside us waiting to be discovered. It's not somewhere outside. So the special relationship, as she calls it, is need-based and not love-based. Then comes all the ways we consciously or unconsciously control one another to get what we want. And no one wants to be controlled. We all just want to be free, right? We want to be free. We want to be supported. We want to be seen. And that's not to say that having needs and expectations in a relationship is wrong. I think when two people come together, we do need to establish mutually acceptable boundaries and agreements that are discussed and that act as the boundaries of this sacred container for the union, But within that container, there's freedom. And within that container, there's respect. And within that container, there's love. And within that container, we're not trying to control and we're not trying to judge and we're not trying to blame each other. So I think, you know, that that I hope that, that this shift does happen and we can start embracing one another with... With, yeah, just with, from a place of love versus a place of need, you know, and realize that that love is self-generated. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And, and, and it's almost like when we can find that true love within ourselves, we, we look for things differently in other people. Say more, tell me more about that. So, you know, for example, I think, um, we, we use relationships for the wrong reasons. Like number one, we, a lot of times people get into marriage because that's what you do. That's the expectation. And based on where you are in what we consider, you know, the, the lifespan to find somebody in your twenties or thirties or forties, well, we're looking for someone to sort of fill whatever void we have or change our life or um, give us something we don't have. And so it's like, we're looking for this completion. You know, there's this concept people say it's two halves that come together and make a whole. And, you know, we all have this beautiful um, vision of, of this life that two different things come together and make this beautiful picture. And, do you remember so that line? In, do you remember yeah. that line in Jerry Maguire where she <laughs> looks at him and she says something like, "You complete you me." You complete me. Yes, and and that's the lie we're sold by Hollywood, by movies, by everybody that that's what it should look like, and therefore that's what we look for in a person, right? We look for them to give us those jolts of, like you mentioned, going from zero to cloud nine. And then when that happens, you're like, yes, that's the person where, again, that's the the falsehood behind it, because that's just filling our gaps and our holes, or that's what we're looking for. And what I think is is interesting, and, and I know we've discussed this, but once you start on this journey and you start to really look at your own um, your own shadows and you do that work and you start to grow and love and heal yourself, um, we then we look for a partner with very different eyes. Um, we look for someone that will walk in freedom with us. Like you said, I, th- I think you said so beautifully that um, we're not looking for someone to complete us. We're already completed. So if you have a partner that walks in freedom with you and they do something that you don't agree with in the sense of like, you know, it doesn't take you to cloud nine, it's okay. Mm-hmm. You have that ability to do that yourself. The expectations that list of expectations looks very different, um, which I believe can be beautiful when you go through this journey. And, um, you know, unfortunately, difficulties in life are really the catalyst that, that get us to walk this path, right? We sort of have to go through them to, to go, okay, I want something different. And that usually is what sparks this um, you know, really walking the the internal road of, of awareness. But once you start and you get there, um, even in friend relationships, and, and we you look for different things because you want someone that is going to grow with you. You're not looking for someone to, um, you know, tend your garden. You want someone who's tending their own garden, but yet you can make something beautiful together. So well said. So, you know, this is bringing us to, to this, this topic of what is the purpose of a relationship? Ideally, why, 
when two people come together, what is that union meant to do for either people or both people or what is the purpose really? Yes. Yes. Um, you know, I think the purpose and the true beauty, whether it's marriage or just two people coming together to walk the journey of life together, um, it is about it's it is about the growth, the personal growth, and and then what they get to share with the world together. And even when you're with somebody, the internal journey never stops. You then just get to share it with someone. And I believe when in all relationships, like we mentioned at the beginning, it is a mirror and it's always a mirror. So if we can use it as that, right, that's that's where it becomes interesting. You do the work alone, but then when you come together with somebody, sometimes you see things that you've missed, right? Oh man, I'm still uh, still dealing with that abandonment issue. There you go. Um, <laughs> I don't like when this, you know, when this person shows up five minutes late and doesn't text me that they're late, I start to bubble up inside. Okay. And you don't blow up about it. You just mm-hmm. take notice. Yep. I still haven't healed that space yet. Right. Something I need to work on um, yes. instead of going, you know, what the hell you didn't text me. Don't you have a phone? And, and, you know, so the mirror is always there, but we start to look at the purpose of the relationship differently and that we get to walk the path to help each other continue to have that lifelong process of growth and then share it with the world and share our gifts with the world. And, you know, when you have somebody in your corner, um, again, whether it's romantic or a friend or whatever it might look like, but those types of soulful relationships, we start to then empower and speak life into each other. And to me, that's when magic happens. Yes. Thank you for that, Misha. You know, I love the fact that you you brought up the, you know, the friendship aspect, because, you know, Marianne Williamson talks about this too, that um, love is just love. There's no different love for, you know, a parent or a child or in a romantic relationship or, you know, a special relationship that we, <laughs> that love is just love. And, you know, the, the moment we can stop separating ourselves out into all these labels and all these ways we've come to define how things should be, things become easier because, you know, we just begin to notice that it's all the same thing. We all want the same thing. We all just want to be accepted for who we are at the end of the day. And we want that safe space to be able to, like you said, have those moments where we're not perfect And notice it ourselves. Say, oh, I just noticed that I did that. And, you know, like, hey, honey, I'm so sorry. I just noticed that. And, you know, um, I apologize. Yes. Yes. That I brought that on you. That's my shit. Right. Right. You know? And taking ownership of it. And that's huge. That's, you know, that's being able to, to speak our truth, good and bad. Like this Sochcast? Tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store. Yeah, I mean, this is such a rich topic because there's so much more here. There's so much more for us to talk about. There's this whole aspect of 
How do we sit with these uncomfortable feelings and allowing all aspects of ourselves room to to be seen? You know, whether it's 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 the side of us that gets angry. I mean, experiencing that, you know, and and really feeling it and having a safe space to do that. So there's so much more for us to unpack. And I'm sure we're going to do that, um, you know, in in the following episodes. But I do think we're, you know, we're getting to that time where, Risha, you're you're going to lead us into a practice for today that people can take home uh, and do it later in case, you know, you're driving or you're busy at the moment and you don't have the time to just sit down and close your eyes. Please feel free to come back and play this episode at another time. Um, But if you're at a comfortable place just begin to you know just feel your feet under the on the floor and just gently begin to close your eyes so what we're going to do is um this is actually going to be uh, a physical practice that you guys can do um most likely if you're in a relationship or you've ended a relationship already no matter where you're at um even if you're in a in a relationship that you're happy in um this is a really great practice for you to start this journey again of what we've talked about today of taking that responsibility. So if you take a piece of paper and make a line down the middle and on the left side, um, you're going to write down. And again, you've most likely already made a list of things that your partner does that you don't like, or that you feel contributes to the difficulty of your relationship or the end of the relationship, wherever you're at. But now taking a moment to really sit with yourself and you're welcome to close your eyes and take a moment to think about this, but with honesty, begin to make a list of how you contributed to the difficulty or the end of this relationship. So, or again, if you're in a happy relationship, you can even imagine a fight that you had and start to really get clear on sort of the the holes and the lacks of and the shadow spaces in which you showed up and contributed to, to the difficulty. And once you make that list, and again, take your time, be honest, dig deep, it is going to get uncomfortable, then you know you're doing it correctly. On the other side of the paper, once you have that list down, then go to the other side and write down, how would you like to show up differently? So having an understanding of, of where maybe you've showed up um, in the lack of. So for example, I'd use the, um, you know, the scenario that if you're waiting for your partner and they show up a few minutes late, they didn't text you and you blow up and then it comes out into a whole fight of you did this and I did this. Well, instead of blowing up, instead of, tapping into that abandonment issue, that that hole that I have, that I unhealed space, I may want to go, hey, um, I would appreciate next time if you would just text me. Um, I'm feeling uncomfortable and I know that's my own shit. I know you have a life and things are going on, but it taps into that abandonment space for me. And being able to vocalize that that's that vulnerability that starts to really grow a relationship, right? So you've taken a situation that could have created turmoil in a relationship and turned it into a growth opportunity. So in this practice, allow yourself to really 
come from a deep heart-centered space and see where it begins to take you. See if this starts to uncover things that you didn't even know about yourself. This is something you can do um, multiple times. If you're in a, in a healthy, in a, in a happy relationship, um, you know, this can even be a process you go through that can um, help you find amends. So um, share this with friends. This can be used at any time, but it is a, a really beautiful practice that will start this inward journey um, wherever you might be. That's wonderful. I think that's really helpful. Um, that's a great exercise, you know, and you just touched a point up, upon the topic of communication, which we will also dive deeper into. But just what you said, just noticing how you feel, being able to label the feeling, give it a name, whether it's frustration or anger or fear, just knowing what you're feeling and then also tapping into what you really need from your partner before you have a conversation or before you bring it up from a reactive state. Just sit with it. Take some moments to sit with things and be present with how you feel and what you need. And, you know, that'll help in, in, in a very big way in being more intentional about communication and conversations with your significant other. So we really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Do join us next week for more where we're going to discuss how relationships don't really end. They just change form. So it's going to be another episode where we get real. So stay tuned and thank you for listening. And please share this with anyone who you think may be going through a difficult time in relationships and may just need to hear something different to help them out. Thank you so much and we'll see you next time.